Okay, hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Breaking Boy Podcast UK. Today we're here with Gary Files again. The first, is it the first? No, you're the second returning guest. Um, but basically the first, because first guest didn't really count because she came on like one week and then she, and then we did it another one two weeks later because the first one was rubbish. So basically you're the first returning guest. So that's awesome. Um, how are you doing, Gary? Yes, exactly. I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, um, yeah. working hard. Um, you know, and everyone everyone's finding it tough these days. It's uh, not an easy time to be living. No, it's not, is it? No, it's it's not. It's an interesting time at the moment. I think the the collective unconscious or collective conscious is sort of a bit. I don't really know what's going on. Anyway, tell people what you're up to then. Yeah, so um, so people didn't see that me last time. I'll say who I am. I'm, I'm a bit of everything. Um, I was a teacher for twenty years, um, and had an amazing teaching career that took me around the world um, to a school that last week uh, was nominated for the best international school in the world. Wow! Um, I spent six years there in Vietnam teaching there and, and developed myself teaching growth mindset, metacognition, independent learning, coming up with new curriculum, things like that. And then return to the UK, education is nowhere near at the level that you find at the world's best schools and most schools in the UK. And it was painful. Um, I returned from Vietnam, and I think I might have told this story, but last time I was on where children had encouraged me to think bigger and told me to be a, a, an author um, and take my message out to the world and that's where i wrote my books in uh the think big playroom books i think yeah maybe the first yeah. one was out uh when i spoke to you and the second one's now out uh i think i think big playroom ain't high third one's coming out later this year um and uh and yeah so i'm now working as a children's author traveling around presenting my growth mindset message to Many, many more children, as my students back in Vietnam encouraged me to do. They told me to think bigger. And that's literally what I started. I started the company Thinking Bigger. Uh, right, and it's now reaching out to doing all sorts of things. That's amazing. I'll talk about some of that today. Definitely. So you're going around, are you, you like talking in assemblies and stuff, sort of, so to speak? Going around and. Yeah. Like, look. Yeah, going into assemblies. Um, Presenting my books, talking, doing growth mindset, inspirational talks. Um, then I'll do writing workshops, growth mindset workshops, poetry workshops. Um, you know, th this is what the children back in Vietnam said, you know, uh, with 20 years of teaching, I can literally go in and just do, you know, the teacher could say to me, do a lesson on, on verbs. And I'll be like, okay, I've got 20 lessons ready. Let's, you know, and it's. After 20 years of teaching, you know, you, you, you get all that kind of stuff. And, and, but it was more about the fact that, you know, I just genuine, 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 can't speak, genuinely connect with the children um, because it's all about connection. It's all about, you know, as a teacher, I had an amazing, I had amazing attendance records because the children wanted to be in my class. The children wanted to be at school because... I wanted them to be at school. You know, you, it's about caring about the people that you're with. If the children feel wanted, if they felt that the lessons were going to be fun, um, you know, I use a lot of humour 
So, mm. you know, I can be a bit of a clown once I'm performing in front of kids. It's it's a different yeah. thing, you know. Um, Completely. And so, and so, yeah, just taking that message out to schools, um, it works. It works. I've had messages back from parents saying, my kids just had you at school one day and they've come home and they've just written a book. They've never done it before in their life, you know. Yeah, um, that's amazing. And it's, and that's what it's all about. So, so needed in a way, is what it's all about, yeah. Because we, we spoke of last time, didn't we, about how, like, modern education in the UK, in fact, that's what I titled, I am freezing, aren't I? That's what I titled the podcast was, uh, what has happened to education in the West, because I thought that was the sort of, like, the the salient point that we made almost during the, the podcast. and got a challenge, you know, because we've got influences coming from different places, haven't we? And um, yeah. firstly, I think, I think, I could upset people with my challenge to the UK education system because people see it as an attack on the UK education system. Certainly teachers and head teachers can find me challenging because I, you know, I, I, I'd say there's a bit, there's better, there's better. And, and that's something that we've all got to accept for everything we do. You know, that's where growth mindset, that's where, you know, Buddhism all comes from. It's from about self-reflection and going, okay, well, this is where we are. There is better that we can achieve, you know. And, and there's an, there's a case in in it's certainly ed, in education where people want to, want to believe that what we're doing is the best until something else comes around, and, and people see it as you know and reinventing the wheel because because that's what we do. We it's not that people reinvent the wheel; it's that we we remember that actually there were things that we were doing before before this new stuff came along that we all do. Mm. Um, but I still, I still hold my point. I think schools and education can do better. Um, and I think, from what you're saying, you know, with with the level of interest of students, need as well, not just interest. It's a challenge, you know, because because when they go home and they've got devices, we all know that we have. Someone spends any amount of time scrolling on a device in an evening. They are going to be fed a narrative. And we don't know what the narratives are that other people see. But what we do see is the outcome. And we see an outcome of children, teenagers, that are disinterested in learning, that don't think it's cool to be clever, that don't believe that there's chances. There's, there's, it's strange. It's strange what we've given children in terms of devices. You know, that we don't even really appreciate what we've got. Um, we know that there's an algorithm that's there to confirm some kind of bias simply because it's all been created to be as addictive as possible. Um, all of the other devices I use just about, it's about addiction, you know. Um, and, these, yeah. the, and, we, and these poor young people shouldn't be, shouldn't really be given these devices where their dopamine can be triggered so much, you know. Yeah, I mean, when I was twelve, when I got my first phone, sort of just over ten years ago, it was like a, a it was a Vodafone BlackBerry knockoff. So you know, you could literally just send text messages and uh, call. And I don't think I the first sort of smartphone I got, I was about fourteen, um, and that sort of steady progression 
was probably quite healthy but you know nowadays kids as young as like i don't know how young have got sort of they have so they have such a powerful piece of technology in their hand it, so you talk about a narrative it isn't even just the narrative it's just there's a famous canadian i think a philosopher maybe said uh called marshall McLuhan, who said the medium is the message and you know the medium of social media and tiktok is not a medium that's conducive to positive mental health children i don't think just in general really like yeah we have no idea what sort of impact the technological engagement that young kids have what that has on them long term you know it's and it's it's just another example of the sort of the wild west nature of human development and how it's not really till 10 20 years later into the future that you actually see the consequences of all it almost always comes back to politics but when you break politics down you've got kind of like two fundamental drives you've got conservatism and liberalism and conservatism is tradition and the known and keeping things in order and then liberalism is the complete opposite it's breaking things apart and looking for new and uh maverick ideas and fundamentally liberals always have an advantage in that they can always think yeah but this will happen how good will this be when this happens we can make this difference but what they don't have to consider is every single action and change has a load of other subsidiary things that take place it's like people think if i go from here to here all that happens is i go from here to here but it's not it has so many knock-on effects and then conservatives are the opposite when conservatives say yeah but this works what happens is, is all the bad stuff floats to the top so liberal liberals get the benefit of all the good things float to the top and the conservatives have the opposite all the all opposite all the bad stuff floats to the top and that's why conservatives are painted as the villains and liberals are, are painted out as the the heroes and it's it's such a problem because it's interesting the the way that you've heard that because I, I find it quite a refreshing take on it really um because again i think it depends on the reality and the narrative that you consume doesn't it um because there is a narrative there are narratives you know there's a story that we we all present yeah. for ourselves we all live in our own little realities that happen mm-hmm. the experiences that we take in um and because I, when i moved to vietnam I, I realized how much you know this country is propagandized by the narratives that they were presented in the newspapers by the bbc by the news and it's just this there's a story that this is and and it creates a national feeling where everywhere you go everyone's talking about this um but more and more people are just turning off from from that People are turning off from the BBC. People are turning off from newspapers. People are showing. They really are. Yeah. And, and and that's because there's new narratives being presented to us by a new media. And so I think I, I think there's there's a strange way there's a as you said it, it's kind of it's a wild west kind of situation where we've got 
Absolutely. Are tech, tech firms creating their own narratives. You know, Facebook, Google, um, TikTok, and then you've got newspapers. And, and this is where it's really hard for world leaders to create. This is what's going on, and that they can. They haven't got the control over people that they're used to. Um, but what you what you said about how you know conservatism kind of held up as almost heroes. You know, again, I had put me onto one of my projects that I'm doing. Um, it kind of, I feel that I feel like the opposite, absolute opposite. So, uh, one of the projects that I've been brought into, been encouraged to do is create something called the working class trumpet. Um, no, and it's uh, it's first state educated union kind of people, working class people, create um, completely yeah. a narrative of of what's happening through poetry. Um, you know, uh, publishing is the cornerstone of freedom of speech, and so we'll use this freedom of speech to create our own little book for um, for people that may not have their voices heard otherwise. Um, and this is where these people will be telling you the, the opposite that socialists and liberals are the, are the heroes. Is you know, it's that looking for that better tomorrow again, thinking bigger. There's something better out there. Um, way I, I you know i've heard capitalism described as the idea of when people first invented the car they didn't just stick with the car as the design that it was they improved the car you know and now we've got electric cars we've got you know they, they moved through catalytic converters until the point now where we've got electric cars where or cars at work run on water you know um i you know, whatever it is uh, that's because they took the design of the car and they realised that it could be improved. Whereas we've got capitalism and we stuck with capitalism and it clearly doesn't work because we now have the vast majority of the world's wealth in the hands of four people. Um, as someone else, you know, as you may also see it said, you know, if this was a game of Monopoly, we'd have all tipped the board upside down and walked off in a huff by then. You know, there's no way that we would be sitting here all scrabbling for, for the pennies for food when there are people, there's someone sat on the other side of the board with, with all the notes in front of them, you know. Um, it just does But that is how Monopoly ends, though, isn't it? This is how Monopoly, Monopoly ends. ends with one person having everything. This I was speaking about, ends. so Monopoly, and for, and for, that's the thing. I was speaking about this with another guy um, on the podcast who's like a, a marketing consultant. And there's there's a, I think the fact that people don't, or it's not taught in like any humanity, maybe not humanity, but certain like a social science degree is unbelievable. There's a, there's a phenomenon called the Pareto distribution, which is basically what you just said. So you, you're not, you're probably not going to like this, but it's not, so the Pareto distribution is like the pyramid in the sense of everything, the majority sits at the top, but there are only a few people sit at the top. So everything formed, pretty much anything you can think of ultimately ends in a Pareto distribution. So whether it's, so 10% uh, of Spotify artists receive 90% of the streams. And then of that 10% at the top, 
10% of that 10% receive another 90% of the streams. And it just goes up and up and up and up until you get to, you know, the weekend and Ed Sheeran and people like that and Ariana Grande. And then 10% of books sold receive 90% of the sales and 10% of it's like it's 10% of goals in the Premier League. No, 90% of goals in the Premier League are scored by 10% of the players. So capitalism does de- default to that because everything defaults to that. But it isn't that capitalism causes that. It's that everything ultimately ends up in that position. And it's kind of like a, it's like a, a universal law almost. And, and what, what the point that you people are right on is that we should attempt to, we need to put better systems in to counteract that and to work out a way of leveling the playing field. And problem is, system I, I don't place to maintain it. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, that is there for maintaining something. And I don't, yeah. you know, and we're seeing this. Yeah, um, I don't we're seeing that. this with the financial. Uh, yeah, sorry, no, 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 sorry. Uh, the lag, I think. Well, I'll just, I'll just finish. We're, we're seeing this with the new financial fair play legislation that's coming in with football and how basically what it's designed to do is to keep the big six, the big six, uh, so to speak. So, you know, Newcastle can't spend loads of money even though they're owned by trillionaires because they're going to get done by financial fair play. And, and but, but you know, Man City. So what tends to happen is, is something new is created, a new phenomenon or a new avenue then everyone rushes to it. It's all new. There's no sort of jurisdiction anywhere. Then a few people rise to the top. And then once those people get to the top, they start putting in structures to lock off everyone else below so they can't break in. And I think that's that's basically what happens. Um, and that's the problem there. Is the corruption lies in that little barrier or big barrier that is put in, or at least a lot of the corruption lies in that. But anyway, you you were going to say something. No, no, I think I think you're right. I think what you're saying there is actually right. Um, try to think now to which which point I was going to refer to because we we talk we cover so much yeah. ground when we talk. Um, but yeah, it's the the phenomena is there. Um, sorry, I was I think that's what I was going to say. It was about systems. Um, you know, the systems have always been in place. Have always been there to keep a. a something in place and normally power as you said power in place you know if you thought think back in hundreds of years ago they the system that a king had for keeping his power was to put bricks on top of one another and to make a tower and then the system was to create a lake around the tower you know and then the system was to put hundreds of soldiers around the moat um around the tower and we've got the same systems in place now but now we've got systems that are their bureaucratic systems and we've got technological systems where for people to change something it's almost impossible if you want to change anything it's impossible and that that is the core behind it because when you take away someone's belief that something can change then you take away the chance of it changing because everything starts mm-hmm. with belief 
And that's what, where I've been going as well recently. You know, if we believe we can change the system, then straight away we've got more of a chance. Because if you don't believe you can, you won't put any effort into change. If you don't believe in anything, yeah. you don't put any effort. And that's about, that's again, about thinking bigger is just all about because growth minds, you don't believe you can learn, you won't learn. If you don't, if you don't believe you can manifest something, you won't put any effort in and any energy into doing that. And manifestation, well, there's lots of woo talking about how we can manifest things and, you know, there's a lot of evidence for that. Um, sometimes I feel like I do it myself. I wake up and something's happened and I'm like, whoa, that's amazing. How did that? Um, but then we also have to put effort into it. The things that are good, the things that actually have substance, have to have effort put into it one way or another and you know and, and so again if there isn't belief at the very core of that then you won't do it so with systems what the systems we have now the whole purpose of them is to take away people's belief there is no belief that we can okay. and you're right those those companies those companies at the top the world leaders at the top are the ones who use layers of corruption through their systems to maintain their, their position. So Google will do everything they can to make sure that no other search engine gets any opportunity to, to yeah. develop. Um, Microsoft will try and do all they can to make sure that no other computer software develop. That's the system. That is the system we have. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, even and our media, you know, we it's almost impossible because to do so, you would need to use current media to try and build yourself up because mm. they they've got it so so skilled. And also, it, it's also it's like setting up a new company or creating a new product or something. People don't. Most people don't like to change things too often, and most people really have to be pushed over the edge to go okay i'm probably going to drop this and try something else so when you create a new product it doesn't it, it's obviously incredibly important to have a good product but that's not just the the only battle isn't creating a product the other battle is how do i get people to push the boat out push their own envelope and test this thing that i've created so People, you know, people listen to the big news and do do that just because it's safe and it's secure, and also because that's what everyone else is doing. So, you know, there's there's a line in the Bible which is to every from every uh, what is it to everything to those that have everything more will be given, and from those that have nothing more will be taken, and it's basically the same point it's that once you go up you go you don't just go things don't improve really like that they improve like that and and they don't just get bad like that they get bad like that you know it's not a linear increase or decrease sometime it's a exponential so you know once things start going well for you they tend to keep going up and up and up and up and up 
and then vice versa things are true as well like you know something bad will happen and then something really and then something bad will happen you're like what the heck how have these two awful things just happened to me and then and and that's really that's really hard um and also really good it's it's a hopeful thing and it's a disheartening thing i suppose at the same yeah i think um i saw on one of your podcasts you were talking about how you know, challenge and failure is a good thing. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah. if I told people, this is why I do what I do, because I've been through some incredibly difficult times, although it might seem not, you know, I talk about the yeah. positives because because there's no point dwelling on the negatives, but they are what built me, for sure. And the people that know me know, um, you know, know exactly why I talk about mindset, because there are times in my life where people said, you know, how can you be, how can you be okay? Because again, as a practicing Buddhist, I, I practice gratitude, being grateful for what I have. So even though I've had at times I have little, times I've been through really dark times, I've always been grateful for the little that I did have, you know. Um, and knowing that acceptance is the way to be grateful, and you know, just believing that you're doing the right thing, knowing that you're doing the right thing, and and you know persevering is all it takes sometimes um and and it's again about belief you've got to believe in yourself you know that yeah. and and when what you're saying about building a company it's about belief when you start a company if you were to start a company today then you wouldn't start that thing unless you had some self-belief but that thing wouldn't become anything without you having the belief to work on that or to believe in it enough to then tell someone else about but that that business doesn't become anything until you then gain the belief of other people because as you said people have got to believe in what you're doing for you to attract money for you to attract investment for you to attract customers for you to attract anything they've got to believe in what you do um and the other thing about that is that, as you said, it's hard to pull people into what you're doing because nobody wants to be sold to. You know, no, this is something that, again, I'm, I'm learning. It's, as I'm, I'm constantly learning, constantly learning because I've gone from education into business. Cool. And so for me, this year has been an incredible well, year of learning. Um, and... It's that thing nobody wants to be sold to. Everybody wants to be helped. They don't want to know. They don't want me turning up with my books going, hey, here's my book. You know, that's not. That's not but it's right. when people realize, hang on. Yeah, my kids uh, can sometimes have a fear of failure. I can see how that book helps. They'll remember that and then come, come to it. You know, this is where, certainly for what I do, it's all about help. It's all about trying to, but the problem is, if there isn't a first of thinking bigger, if people don't want to learn, then people aren't going to. People aren't going to go for that. And and so so again, my company my company does split people. Some people will look at it and go, "Who does he think he is?" Thinking, "Well, I'm a teacher of twenty years, so I can talk about learning." Sure, you know, that's one thing I'm a, I am allowed to talk about. <laughs>